Magandang buhay sa iyo lahat. You're tuned into Pinoy Straliano. Talking about all things concerned with being a Filipino Australian. So I was watching some uh, TFC last night, the Filipino channel. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the program, but it's a morning show with uh, three women on it. Uh, I'm not really up to date with, with my, my Filipino um, TV, but anyways, um, there was one young actress who uh, they were interviewing on their morning talk show, um, and they were asking her questions about, uh, you know, supporting her family. Now, this young woman was probably 18 years old, so when you think of that in a Western sense, like, support your family, like, what, is this, is this 18-year-old got, like, you know, a husband and, and three kids or something. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that. It's more that they're talking about helping out her family, as in her parents and maybe other siblings, in the province, you know, or in the countryside, yeah? Or wherever they may be from, wherever she may be from. And, and it made me realize, like, that's something I can talk about here on Pino uh, Estadiano. Because... Gusto ko lang malaman, I just want to know whether or not other Filipinos here in Australia and non-Filipinos for that matter all around the world is it a thing in your culture um, besides obviously showing respect for your for your family and the people who raised you um, but also that you help them financially or you help them in in, in a way of you know supporting them through tangible you know getting tangible goods for them you know like new shoes new clothes maybe even going as far as buying them a new car or a new house paying their bills you know helping them with their groceries is that a thing or is that a part or was it ever a part of western culture so um you know i'm a i'm, I'm always a little bit um uh, I'm always a, a little bit um, I need to find the right word now guys I'm sorry I'm always a little bit unsure of whether or not I should speak about personal things you know um, on this on any of my social media platforms but in this case I will um, you know my, my unfortunately my mother um, uh, had a had a brain tumour and luckily it wasn't um it wasn't cancerous, but um, as a result, you know, mum has been a little bit um, depressed and, you know, she's a little bit handicapped in regards to, like, operating as an independent person. Now, my mum's still very young. She's uh, only 60 years old. Um, and in, in the economic climate, climate that is what Australia is at the moment, you know, uh, that you, it used to be the time when people could retire or already be retired by 60 but yeah unfortunately mum and dad still have a mortgage to pay um, which I, I, I definitely want to try and um, contribute to but as a full-time artist I don't have those earnings and I have my own family myself um, that live in Japan so yeah, you know, so my day is divided between doing the hustle and bustle of, of being an artist and doing creative things. 
I'm still trying to be selfless, you know, to balance out the selfish side of myself to get my work done. But yeah, you know, my lifestyle revolves around doing my own thing and then looking after my mother. Um, and of course, helping her get to a point where she can be independent again. So, you know, I think for those of you who are not sure about, you know, the, the, the fam familial connection from the Philippines is that you know there's a part of it where when a Filipino family and Renabs and any other Filipino Filipinos out there listening maybe you can call in and give your opinion but Filipinos have kids in the hopes that their children will support them when they're old and I think that's a beautiful thing but sometimes depending on the culture that could be very difficult and since we're on the topic of familia or family, I want to ask this question out to uh, any of the family people, uh, you know, people with kids that are Filipino Australians. So I'm in my 30s, and you know I've got a daughter who's five years old. She lives in Japan at the moment um, with her mother, and you know she's um, babysit by her grandparents. Um, but she, for a for a preschool child. You know, it kind of hurts me, but um, at the same time, it's not such a bad thing. She's at kindergarten up until 5 p.m. every day. She comes and goes in at 9 and gets there and stays until 5. So they kind of act like a childcare service. I know a lot of um, uh, pe people here send their children to um, childcare, and childcare here is very expensive, um, but sometimes it's the only option. But I was raised in a setting where we had lots of different family friends like my Ninong and my Ninang and you know, godmother and godfather and their family we would sometimes go there after school or when my parents had to go to some um, function or event that they couldn't bring their children to and we also at, at our one stage had our, had our Lolo and Lola, a grandmother and grandfather to, to look after us and it was a thing you know we would finish school and because our school was really close to where my uh, some of our family friends live we would just walk there ourselves you know i think our parents my parents in particular were a bit distrusting in the early uh, days to allow their kids to take public transport by themselves or walk places by themselves and so we were always picked up after school so i don't know how they managed that in with their working schedule but they managed to pick us up or get someone to pick us up and bring us to the place uh, where we were going to spend our afternoon, maybe a bit of our evening, and then our parents would come and pick us up and we would go home for dinner. So I wanted to know whether or not that's still a thing. I wanted to know whether or not your mother and father or your children's grandparents uh, look after them. I know careers now still last beyond your 50s and 60s, and you know, for example, my, my daughter's grandmother in Japan She's uh, still a, a career woman. She's still got her. She runs her own business. So that's her grandfather. Her grandfather. Um, well, my grandfather doesn't run his own business. Sorry, Lily's grandfather doesn't uh, run his own business, but he still works in a corporation and you know does his nine to nine to five. Yeah. Um, so I could imagine it's very difficult for them um, to look after my my daughter their granddaughter 
after work sometimes or during the day for example when they've got school holidays because you know there's there's no one there to um they don't have the time fortunately for us uh, lily's great grandmother um who's still alive and still well she's she's an inspiration um she she does look after lily um during school holidays which i think is amazing I want to just send that out there, you know, because I I feel like um the way our society here in Australia or at least in the West is is that uh, we are so 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 self-obsessed with success that sometimes these familial values and these sort of like I guess slower parts of our lives that take a much longer time to experience and develop are things that are not really focused on perhaps I don't know because you know I'm an I'm a full-time artist and I don't live with my daughter right now so you know there are plans in the future for them to move to Australia but for the time being I don't see that and and with my other peers who have kids you know I, all I know is that you know they do they do the run of the mill they do the daily grind and and they set they support their kids but then I'm starting to hear that yeah they just send them to childcare and the grandparents aren't around and I want to know you know I want to address whether or not you know that is something that is da- damaging the fabric you know of ourselves you know of our, our families in our in our society one child to uh, have a think about that guys but uh, yeah you know for me that was very much part of being a Filipino Australian she was a shoemaker healer albularia crude in Cebu with roots in the cordillera when she returned later with the mother of my mother her proactive sister never sure when or if they will ever see their father while he was a musician albeit from a musical family orchestral imported to the united conglomerate brethren included tragically gone in a vessel who knows why a mysterious religious soliloquy could destroy a busload that encased my ancestry elsewhere she was a housewife pillar of her family Langis nangnyog, oil of the coconut, etlog, the hen's egg, pulang sibuyas, red onion you see now, that was Papa's favorite while. He was a janitor at the school of their prefecture, not my father, but his grandfather, bold and proud with all the right features. Feared by the church of his simple but brave nature, he yelled at the top of his lungs in the streets by the meek, to scare away all those the unseen sinister see papa claims he was his favorite and so does my tito and tito and tita that they all have stories of their mythical grandfather lolo satuhod a great albulario healer through hands with the leaves of a tree long forgotten mixed with the same essence of coconut that was my father's favorite Paano ba to? Ang record na ba? Ano ano ba? 
Yo, you are recording. Ay, nakapon. Nag- nagre-record na pala. Hey guys, hello. Magandang buhay sa lahat. Tapos si Anthony Luis Lopez Lawang. Or you can call me Lopez Lawang for short. Uh, today, I would like to speak about yung, yung price. The, the price of uh, goods these days. sa Australia grabe talaga guys it's ridiculous kahit yung ilaw dapat i-close nyo yung ilaw you have to close the light all the time because the the, the electricity bill is magastos it's, it's cost cost too much it's mahal expensive kahit yung yung Nescafe, yung kape namin, it's the, the, the Nescafe blend 40, anong blend ba yun, Thomas ko? 43 ba yun? 45? I can't remember but it's already already like $10 plus for an instant copy, huh? it's not even the the real copy you know grabe, kahit tubig the water is a natural resource of our of our earth and we have to pay for it. You know, I don't drink. Eh, sabi din nila, sa, sa, sabi daw nila yung tap water namin mad, madumi. That the tap water is the tap water is very dirty. There's a lot of chlorines and lots of, you know, like tie in it, you know, like the you know the, the, the sheets, you know, the sheets, the plenty. So, of course I have to drink water because I have to stay hydrated. Wala tayong buko dito. There's no There's no tree here for us to get the coconut to for you know to stay hydrolyzed uh, hydro hydro uh, you know what I'm saying you know like so you know isang bottle isang botilya ng tubig 300 mil three dollars na yon guys it's three bucks I cannot believe it it's too expensive mahal sobra at least but at least I can say this one. Here they don't call call they don't call it Burger King they call it Hungry Jacks and don't Hungry Jacks you can get a meal for seven dollars you have your burger you have your price you have your Coca Cola you get you even get three nuggets three nuggets it's a bit bitin but you know after eating everything three nuggets is is. Okay naman yun, you know, it's, you know, nakakabusog, you get, you get pulled from that one, you know, you feel satisfied, and you also get the dessert, you get the ice cream, mini size ba, again, medyong bitin ba, it's alright, you know, at least, if I'm hungry, I can get that one, and it only cost me $7, but, if I wanna go and get like a, a real burger, you know, like, good Angus beef, you know, sometimes you can even get the organic beef, guys but the burger alone is already 15 dollars grabe ang mahal it's crazy but i think you know if i'm earning magkano i think the average now in australia is 23 dollars per hour no so you know if it's 23 dollars per hour and uh you know one isang paka ng sigarilyo, one pack of, of the of the Yossi, you know, the cigarette is uh, 
$17. It's kind of the 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 the, the ano tawag doon, you know, yung nakasulat yung numero pagkatapos may dalawang dot uh, ratio. Yung ratio, yun. Yung ratio, I guess parehas pa rin. Pero You know, it's still it's still the same, but in my mind, I'm spending I'm spending seventeen dollars for cigarillo instead of three four dollars like you know back in the day, you know back in the day. So anyway, just thought I make an appearance here to help my you know my friend uh, Lamarok. But uh, yeah, we'll stay tuned. And now we return to Demetrio, Fernando, and Zelcita's book, The Soul Book, The Power Sources, The Process of God-Making. Lumawig, the supreme deity of Bontok religion, must have been an actual human being who lived on the crest of the Cordillera and made such a mark for himself that he is remembered as an immortal. Bontok is justly renowned for extensive rice terraces which, unlike those of Ipugao, are faced with gleaming white stone. Ordinary residents who claim descent from Lumawi carry his name as a surname. The foundation stones of his house are said to still stand, derate 1964, and so likewise his taro fields which, irrigated by an eternal spring, yields taro that does not need replanting. Over a century ago, in 1843, Sinibaldo de Mas wrote of a mountain cemetery of living stone that he had visited in the Cordillera. On the highest peak was a hole that people claimed was the tomb of Cabunia, their god. Once upon a time, he too must have been no more than a famous warrior. The gods, though euphemerous, A Greek philosopher of the 4th century BC were historical persons admired in their community for their wisdom, physical prowess, and other achievements. After their death, the Pope continued to so revere their memory and talk about their extraordinary qualities and deeds that they finally beheld them as superhumans. In our own century, Rizal has become a god for some of our countrymen. Euhemerism, Euhemerism was an early manifestation of a recurring tendency to explain religion as a projection of man's capabilities on a wide cosmic screen. This tendency, which can be called the naturalistic approach, has become increasingly dominant since the 19th century. A modern version holds that man, seeing himself helpless before thunder, storms, droughts, earthquakes, and other natural forces, posited powerful beings who controlled those forces and could be prayed to. With the advent of more complex forms of social organization, like kingdoms ruled by mighty and often capricious rulers, man experienced renewed helplessness. The god he projected became omnipotent rulers who could summon legions of spirits and who could sentence a soul to either eternal bliss or eternal damnation. Man's definition of the divine has been shaped by his experience of the human.
Is religion then merely the product of a man's weakness? Could it be that when man finally assumes full control of himself and his environment, religion will lose its raison d'etre? These questions follow logically once one takes the naturalistic approach. Another approach, the phenomenological Eliade 1966, argues that religion will always be with man, for it springs from a basic experience unique to man. He alone can experience the sacred, the mysterium tremendum et fascinans, that mystery at once both immense and enthralling which envelops certain places, persons, and periods. The objects of veneration may bury stones and trees in one culture, bread and wine in another, but they all point to a nameless presence, who has received various names according to one's culture. God, Brahman, the Lord of Heaven. Other thinkers, though not sharing this approach, agree that religion cannot be said to spring entirely from man's helplessness. There are such basic questions humans necessarily raise because of their quest for meaning. Such questions as, why are we born? What is the meaning of life? What lies beyond death? These are perennial questions that man, no matter how advanced his society may be, will always ask. On such ground does religion thrive. Religion, defined properly, is a noble enterprise because it seeks to answer man's most basic questions. Religion, defined properly, is a noble enterprise because it seeks to answer man's most basic questions. However, having taken this position, how then does one explain why religions have varied from one culture to the other or from one historical period to the next? Here is where the naturalistic approach proves useful, for it shows how a variety of factors the level of technology, modes of allocating wealth and income, and the organization of society can influence definitions of the divine. As will be known, for instance, gods are more numerous among agriculturists than among hunters and gatherers, for needs sharply increase once a man plants regularly, builds permanent dwellings, develops specialized trades, and creates complex forms of government. Consequently, the divine is defined differently. The perennial basic questions about ultimate meaning remain, but the answers differ because the context has changed. The language in which religious thought is expressed is mythical. A myth is an account of the original acts of the gods. Their main characters are divine or semi-divine beings. These may be unmistakably human though with extraordinary powers and heroic qualities beyond the capacities of mere mortals. Thus, they can leap mountains or pierce the sun. These beings can also take the form of animals, likewise gifted with uncanny powers like the Visayan bird Manaul, who creates the world. The setting of a myth is primordial time, a time beyond our time, and a space that is different from our accustomed world. Then, the boundaries that have since separated high from low, past from present, right from wrong, God from man, nature from culture did not yet exist. 
this primordial time-space is also one that will succeed this world once it passes away. Eliade, 1958 The activities of these beings explain the origins of the world. With its minerals, plants, animals, and humans, they also explain how important human institutions and activities came to be, such as conception, birth, circumcision, marriage, incest, taboos, healing, agriculture, smithery, pottery making, sorcery, witchcraft, shamanism, the priesthood. Amit Das makes up the unwritten charter of a people, the model for their everyday behavior and the embodiment of their most basic values, ideals, and aspirations. It is accepted on faith by those who believe in it, for to question it is to question one's very identity as a member of a community. More recent definitions of myth would extend it to all beliefs that cannot be demonstrated through empirical tests. In which case, even the most secular and most scientifically oriented person harbors myths he is not aware of. He may believe in the myth that science can solve all problems, or in the myth that mankind is marching inexorably towards a shining future. Ako po si Lopez Lawang. Maraming salamat sa iyo lahat. Thank you very much for listening to my reading of the Soul Book. Have a good day. Guys, maraming salamat sa lahat for listening to Pinoy Staliano. Please feel free to call in, uh, to echo, uh, share this um, anchor to uh, other uh, social media platforms. Uh, definitely like to try and open up more conversations about being Filipino-Australian or for that matter, Filipino-whatever country or background you represent. Um, I'm enjoying this a lot. This is uh, helping me um, learn more about myself. Um, I'm, got, I'm starting to find other Filipinos here on um, Anchor and other very interesting people with Filipino uh, relations or connections who also uh, run their own amazing anchors and podcasts. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope to hear from you all soon. Maraming salamat. God bless. Ingat. Peace.